You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from Powell River in the Sunshine Coast, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, uh, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome. And the question is, do we have... Oh, I think I hear you. Do you hear me? I can't hear you. Oh, you're kidding. What is going on? I. Okay, so remember, yeah, I know, I know. Um, uh, okay, We're, we had this problem last week and, okay. Can you hear me now? No? Well, I will be a horn swoggled. Okay, so, um, yeah, okay, so, um, CJMP, um, okay, uh, CJMP, CA, on your tablet, she's looking at me on, oh, there, she's connecting again. Okay, maybe that'll work. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I've got her up twice. Anyway, while she's trying to figure out if she can hear me live on the radio, um, isn't that interesting? Because I even took the music right off. So there's something to do with the computer no longer recognizes it. Oh, I can't. oh. Can you hear me now? Ooh, yes, we're getting feedback. Yeah, kill the, there. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I can't hear you, though. You still can't hear me. Okay, so, oh. I don't know what you've done. I can't hear you. Yep. Ah, this is... This is sad because this whole system used to work, um, and I am live on the radio, so I, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I don't know what. Um, so uh, let's see now, Jill. If she can't hear me though, so chat. Um, okay, so go to cjmp.ca. And click on live radio. Okay, so I don't know if she'll see that message. Maybe not. Anyway, it is just me again, I guess. There is something has changed in terms of the computer. And it's not recognizing... Uh, Zoom anymore, which is interesting. Actually, it doesn't even look like it's recognizing my microphone. Uh, let's try that. No, it's not. Oh, yes. Can you hear me now? Yeah. You can? Yeah. Hey, okay. So we're back. <sighs> We only lost four minutes. That's not too bad. <laughs> okay, if you, I'm going to just start with the monthly forecast, and I'll let you go back to your old camera. I know what's happened. It's a new twist, 
but I get it. Okay, so you can go back to your better camera and sign in again on Zoom and blah, blah, blah. And in the meantime, I will start with the forecast for the month of okay. March. And okay. yeah, so while Jill is coming back with a better video and all the rest of it. So March, ah, the energy is about to change. Yay, we get a new vibe, one that is less fixed as the inner planets shift into mutables, Pisces and Gemini. Um, and so um, Venus, which uh, is one of the planets that's making the shift first, um, she will be invisible for Mar much of March. So all of the things that are going to happen with Venus are going to be not out there really visible. But we are coming up to a reset in terms of our social interactions, our personal relationships. This is uh, by the end of March, we'll have a new Venus synodic cycle. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, so that's one of the big things that's changing. The other is, yay, Mars is leaving fixed signs. Now, he has been in a square by sign aspect to Saturn since last year, like a long time. There was a little wee a bit of a break in the summer, but then it got to Aries and Saturn was still in Capricorn. And then um, when uh, Mars got out of Aries, then it went into Taurus. Saturn went into Aquarius. So we've had this Mars-Saturn square forever, it will feel like, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, and yeah. she's, uh, Jill is going, yeah, it's been hitting me rather personally. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so. Which, especially when it teams up with your ends. Yes, well, exactly. And so Mars, hallelujah, will ingress into Gemini just shortly. And so we can expect uh, instead of there being sort of this hard change, that there will be ease, dexterity, possibly capricious adaptability, but still movement. Um, and yeah, there that could translate into some eases relative to all this lockdown nonsense. Um, and Mars will be trining Saturn by sign, not necessarily by aspect yet. Um, so constructive less, like more constructive, more movement. Um, and also, um, there will be at a certain point, though, Mercury takes a lot longer before it leaves Aquarius. And so occasionally, there will be some um, squaring yet with Mars, but that will also let up. And then we'll get like a trine. So, you know, run off at the mouth kind of thing. So the specific dates that you might want to note, so Mars hits Gemini on the 3rd. We have a new moon, which we'll, we'll talk quite a bit about, in Pisces. One astrologer, uh, actually Kelly Surtees um, from Toronto, she calls it the Pisces puddle. So you kind of get an idea of just R&R &R is on the docket. Okay, Mercury hits Pisces and falls off the normal verbal <laughs> communication wave uh, on the 15th of March. Uh, we then have our spring equinox. Hallelujah. It's friggin' cold today. So we're all looking forward to the sun Aries. And very next day, 
Venus conjoins the sun. And so um, this is, there are two conjunctions that Venus makes with the sun in its synodic cycle. And this, in this particular one, Venus is as far away from the sun as possible that it can get during its orbit around the sun. And so it starts the reset. Um, it's considered a reset. Um, and once it's gone past the sun, it becomes the morning star. And that is considered more personal. When it's the evening star, that's considered more uh, affecting and being more concerned with outer relationships. And so starting with, um, and then we have the uh, new moon in Libra um, less than a week later after the um, conjunction. Actually, no, pardon me. So Venus goes into Aries on the 21st. Then we have the conjunction on the 26th. I'm not reading this properly. And then we have a full moon in Libra. So the end of the month is all about a reset vis-a-vis our social interactions, our personal, what's important to us, what do we value, who do we want to be with. Yeah. What's your take on that synodic cycle moment? Well, um, it will be an interesting time because I think this spring is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah. So um, last summer, uh, we had a very long Venus retrograde, and that's when it's its closest uh, in Gemini. And so this is the opposite end, almost like a full moon thing, right? And the start of a new cycle. Okay, so... Venus spends less time retrograde than anybody else does. True, but it's fairly, usually fairly significant, and especially significant oh, yeah. to those who are born when Venus is retrograde. Their take on yeah. relationships is usually not typical. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, it's usually, yeah. We should do an episode on that at some point. Yeah, yeah. there'll be fewer of them than... Oh, yeah. Than with other planets retrograde because Venus spends less time retrograde. Exactly, so yeah. A fairly relatively rare yes. thing for yeah. everybody to be compared yeah. to others. Yeah. Others, yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's the big overview. And now I'm going to take a little bit of time here to go through sort of the weekly thing. So in this first week, obviously, uh, on the same day that... Um, Mars goes into Gemini. We have uh, Venus is in Pisces, and it will sextile Uranus on the 3rd. And, you know, it might be a nice day to phone somebody that is really, you know, sort of not on your list of possibles, but if you need a moment of experimentation... So a Venus sextile Uranus from Pisces to Taurus could be very experimental evening with someone. I could put it that way, couldn't I? Sure I could. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and we may notice in that first week, next week, that shift in from a solid Taurus to a Gemini where things start to begin to move rather quickly. Okay, on March 4th, we have Mercury conjunct Jupiter. This is in Aquarius. It's at 17 degrees. It can be very auspicious. 
Um, and now that Mars is in Gemini, it's even more auspicious. Uh, so welcome and progress to answers, questions that have been waiting for answers for a long time. Um, and it would also be electionally, depending on uh, what it is you want to do, it could be uh, an excellent time to uh, um, come up with a new game plan, let's say in a business or whatever, Mercury, Jupiter, wouldn't you say? Expand your thinking. Yeah. You know, yeah. Think outside the box. Think yep. of dif- different solutions or possibilities. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's time to, yeah. Yeah. Just look at bigger picture. Exactly. Okay. March 10th, we have the Sun conjunct Neptune. And this starts the Pisces prophetic puddle. Okay. <laughs> So I would recommend from March 10th to, oh, and now my phone is going to ring and I'm just going to ignore it. Yes. <sighs> just breathe deeply. <laughs> Good day to do a meditation. Shit. Yes. Yes. From the start of that, which is the 15th, all the way through, or no, pardon me. When, what day did I say that's happening on? 10th. Yes. From the 10th through... Yeah, through to the new moon. Um, Excellent energies for um, meditation, for group meditation especially. Yeah, for... This would be the kind of energy that the folks in Australia, the Aboriginals, would have done their dream time in. Yeah. Go walk about. (laughs) Go walk about in the dream world. Yes, totally. Okay, so um, not so good for um, uh, um, making practical. Pra- yeah practical matters. Like yeah, you don't yeah yeah leave the practical out for that week. So the new moon itself is at twenty three degrees of Pisces. Uh, very pleasant, deep relaxation, psychic adaptability. And um, the call to the deep, right? Like one could go quite deep with this new moon. And I do. I want to explore some poetry or new music or. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Other creative outlets. Yeah, I am going to just pull those. Okay. Why won't it let me? Oh, it won't let me move it down. Oh, dear, dear me. Oh, dear. Stop sharing. Okay. I won't do that. Anyway, for those who, (laughs) obviously this is a live radio show, so you wouldn't be able to see them anyway, but it would make it easier to talk about it. Um, So the the website has the new moon, the full moon, um, and the Aries ingress chart uh, up. And so you can uh, look at those to, um, yeah, get a deeper look at it. And in the meantime, I think I'm going to pull it up on my own computer because... What's with the technical stuff? Am I just... <laughs> like, Mercury is direct, right? I'm not making that up. Mercury is direct, direct, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, but you just... Ah, but at least I know what, what happens now. It's... Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what I wouldn't have known is that the taping, the the show that I thought I was taping last year, last week, wouldn't have actually happened because my mic wasn't even on. (laughs) Like, go figure. Oh, well. Okay. 
So I did want to make another kind of, that's the full moon. I wanted to look at the new moon, Aries. There we go. Okay, so locally, the new moon is actually, it happens at, uh, for those who like to pay attention to these things, 2.21 a.m. here in Powell River. And it does have Venus, Neptune, the sun, and the moon all within four degrees of each other. Yeah, so deep meditation possible. Um, Deep meditation in which you could literally shake hands with your guides, I suspect, right? If you're of that ilk, yeah, with that Venus-Neptune piece. Also a good time just for creative, you know, investigation or, yeah, exploring your own imagination. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And imagine, imagining how you want things to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a doorway to the other dimension. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Create, create a vision. So I think yeah. that would be a very powerful time for doing that. Yes, I agree. And on that note, because of that whole Venus synodic cycle, this could be an incoming image from the collective to the planet Earth, okay, of Venus qualities that need to come forward at this point in human history. I mean, this is literally like a portal. Well, there's a lot of people who are talking about people, you know, having an ascension, like we're, people are ascending to another yeah, so it could be that it might just, with this kind of portal, and the start of, um, because with that uh, Aries ingress, of course, Venus is ingressing exactly at almost the same time, and that's when she's going to do her start of her new synodic cycle. So she gets to get pulled in at this new moon, right, and then spit out into the world with the Aries ingress. Yeah, I mean, it is that whole alpha, omega, or omega into alpha kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, folks, worth playing with this, some of the time frames of this month, and in particular, that new moon. So if you're needing inspiration, okay, now. After, yeah, so the Venus conjunct Neptune, one of the um, astrologers that I listened to in terms of their forecasts was saying, and be aware that with Venus Neptune, yes, he can play beautiful romantic music, but does he have a job? Yeah, probably not. (laughs) So Venus Neptune is, that particular transit is not good for anything but... um, a romantic getaway that you don't expect to be very practical or long-lasting. Or just getting out and appreciating the beauty of nature, yes. the beauty that there yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. just getting swept away by the beauty of, you know, walking yes. by the ocean or in the, yes. in the forest yes. where, yeah. you know, everything is natural and there's just that yeah. natural beauty. Because nothing is better than the, the natural beauty around us. That is true. Even and, though you know, there could be a romantic component to this particular configuration in yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. But don't expect it to be, you know, like enduring or long lasting. But still, you know, one could hang out with an angel for a day. That would be okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> 
Okay, Mercury ingresses into Pisces, and it's excellent for poetry. It's excellent for all this creative energy that we've been talking about. Wonderful. Messes with electronics really badly. God, that'll be when the, the station, I am proud to announce, has been supported with a grant. And we are going to be upgrading some of our equipment in here. Hallelujah. My suspicion is, is that may happen after Mercury has gone into Pisces and it'll be a bit of a gong show here, but maybe no less of a gong show than today. Let's, we can always hope. Anyway, so while Mercury, Mercury is not going to be in Pisces for very long, though. He's started to pick up major speed since his station and retrograde period. And so I think he's only there. I think he leaves by the end of the month. I'm pretty sure he does. Well, I think he's probably in a hurry to get through Pisces. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> Mercury in Pisces is not only is it in its downfall, it's also in its because it's exalted in Virgo, so it gets sort of a double whammy when it's in Pisces. Yeah. Um, and but, uh, my my term that I have come up with in the last year or so is stream of consciousness. So does not follow any kind of linear line at all. Doesn't mean it's not useful, but it's not linear. But it's not Mercury's milieu. No, no, it's not, no. You know, he needs to come up for air at the end of the place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so, um, and that marks a kind of a dividing line in the month. Um, now, March 16th, we have uh, the sun sextile Pluto. We may see, um, you know, the... The fact that Pluto last year was like front and center in terms of that massive blob in Capricorn going through its um, complete stalling out and breaking up and shifting. And so this will be a little bit of a hark back to January of last year, possibly, uh, where we could see plutocracies trying to, you know, flex their muscles. Um, let's hope that the Miramar thing has gone in the right direction and not the wrong direction. That's one place that sort of stands out in my mind with this. Um, and followed very closely to that will be Venus in Pisces sextile Pluto in Capricorn. Now, this, uh, this is a power combination for um, doing businesses or countries getting together to... to um, uh, protect each other's back, that type of thing. Um, you know, and again, uh, th these particular aspects don't have a morality to them. So we can hope that they're going to be used in a positive way and not in, yeah. yeah. The sextile is not a hugely powerful no. aspect. No, no. So yeah. it's, not, it's not something we'll notice necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a personal level, you could use it though, if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Okay, so then we have uh, the spring equinox, hallelujah. And for some astrologers, they see the equinox, and I'm just gonna pull it up for myself so that I can see it, the Aries ingress. Um, lots of people will do rituals with this, um, and is this, no, this isn't the May thing, no, of course it's not, it's March, <laughs> duh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but some t some people will look at this chart from the point of view of um, countries and stuff as a quarterly check-in. 
I'm not sure. I did that all last year, and I'm not sure whether it actually plays out much. So I'm thinking not. But it well, does, yeah? Some people talk about the zero Aries point as being a very powerful exactly. yeah. point for global stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, part, you know, not just the zero Aries, but zero Libra and yeah. zero Cancer and yeah. Capricorn. Yeah. And so you would do it to the city or the the um, capital city. Then the chart would be cast yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. and you I did. I cast it for you know my local town here, Powell River. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what I think for that you would set it as a chart without houses, just to look at it on a more global scale. Ah, okay. Well, then let's look at it without that. So what we do have is uh, Venus is very close on the heels of the sun to come into Aries. Um, there's nothing really, uh, nothing else at zero. Uh, what we do have, we have the moon in Gemini. So it would sextile this. Uh, moon and Mars are basically together that day. Um, mm. Well, yeah, earlier in the day, closer. Yeah, so Mars is at 9, the moon is at 16. What's notable about this chart? Other than its concentration, not a lot is notable. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it is a day for... Um, doing ritual relative to the start of things. So that might be, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay, now what's next on the docket? Okay, so then we have Venus ingress. Um, and we should notice this as a coming forward out of that new moon. So um, with a Piscean Venus, although it's exalted there, it loves being there, it's, it's not very visible. This is also very close to the sun. So again, it's not very visible, but the energy will change, definitely. Um, and so it's hotter. There's desire for action out there in the world. Um, and on the same day that Venus makes that ingress, Mars will actually form a trine with Saturn. Um, and so here's a possibility for small incremental steps forward. Um, Mars and Saturn typically aren't considered happy game players together, but this is a trine, so it is possible for forward momentum to begin, wouldn't you say? Yeah. 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 Okay, so March 23rd, we have uh, Mercury squares that Mars, so combative mood. Um, and unfortunately, this year, there's quite a few of continuing of Mercury and Mars getting together to square off at each other. 25th, oh. yeah. <laughs> kind of an awkward one, you know, it's like, yeah, whose side? Well, it can challenge you to uh, come up with different ideas. And yes, yes, yeah, yeah. It's actually, yeah, it is a useful one, Mercury and, yeah. and Mars getting together. Especially with Mercury and Pisces, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to win that one, huh? Mars is in Gemini, it's like Mercury could be a bit envious. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, just a little. <laughs> Okay, then we get the new synodic cycle with Venus, and that's March 25th. Um, and there's about five days where Venus and the sun are actually tracking almost 
together. And so they mm. don't get a degree apart. And that's called uh, Kazemi. And um, so it's going to bring forward a lot of Venusian. Um, and because it's Aries, it's like forward momentum. And there were astrologers that tied this together with the new moon. So if there's um, etheric energy being brought in at that new moon, then this is the moment where it starts to get dispersed out there. Be interesting to see alliances and uh, people stepping forward with their agendas in a very public way, possibly. But on a personal level, it's... Um, you know, like a fresh start in relationship. You know, seeds of desire are planted. Um, this is the first deacon of Aries. And so me first in relationship, how to make that work, hmm. right? Okay. Now, at the same time that that's happening, Mars is conjunct Rahu in Gemini. Bit of a tweak here because... With Venus being in Aries, that's Mars' sign. And so it's going to be possible that the energy that comes through from that new moon that wants to come out at this beginning of this new synodic cycle is going to run into um, excess and overdoing and um, getting difficult and dirty and obscuration. And yeah, like Rahu's not an easy energy and it's going to be playing into this. And if Mm -hmm. that weren't enough, we have a full moon in Libra. (laughs) So there you have that Mars Rahu, (laughs) Venus Aries, and then it's just sort of duplicated with the full moon. And that particular chart, let me just pull it up. Oops, where am I here? Aries ingress, there we go. Okay, so with this chart, we have, um, so we have the Sun at 8, we have Chiron at 8, we have Venus at 8, okay, opposite the Moon. That's a very Venusian moment, and hmm, I'm wondering if there will also be some sort of feminist agendas coming through this, you know, like demands for equality and... Maybe some healing of all the division that we're seeing. Ah, yes. I like that. I like that take. Because that's certainly needed. There's so much yes. dividing up that's been going on. It's time we need more unity. Yes. Yes. I like that, Jill. I like that a lot. And it with Mars on Rahu, it it's going to just take work. Yeah. And they're still, well, no, Mars is getting quite ways past Saturn. Yeah, an interesting change in energy through the month. So we have the Piscean puddle followed by a really explosive end to the month. Explosive not in the sense of of dramatic necessarily, but a definite feel of needing to move forward. Well, it's like Aries itself where the new growth is exploding out of the earth. It's true, true, that's true, yeah. I, whenever I think of Aries, I think of cows in the spring that are typically very sedate, and it doesn't matter whether it's the calf or the mother. They will leap in the spring, like literally, like jump for joy kind of stuff. And to see a cow do that is just, you know, yeah. like, right, in spring. Aries, that's Aries energy is that uprush of energy it's exactly 
yeah. the initial fire that is yes. shooting up. Exactly. Okay, so we end the month with Mercury conjunct Neptune. So there's this rush out, and then the mind kind of goes, huh? Time for a nap. <laughs> Time for a nap. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> the mind doesn't know what to make of all this, and that's okay. So linear, linear sequencing, not available that day. Magical thinking, definitely available. Um, try not to sign anything on March the 29th. You want to do it before that or a few days after. Um, but again, it's a good time for envisioning yes. what you want yeah. to be created in the world. Yes. How you want things to be. Because yeah. the more of us focusing on that, the better. That's true. That is true. And, and the unity. I mean, that's what Pisces is. We are yes. all one. Yep. Right? Yes. The focus on coming together and letting go of all the division and differences and coming together because we are one one yes. humanity. We are in the same boat, guys. And, yes. Yes, you know, we, we are. Stop fighting and, and conflict and get together and figure out what we want our world to look like for ourselves. Yes. Yes. In my opinion. Yes, I agree. Okay, so we are now going to switch to a little bit of a play with Pisces because this is their time of year. And uh, we have two example charts that are up on the website. And Jill is going to start with hers. And uh, just to, you know, give you an overview of how Piscean people operate, what, what it's like. Yeah. So, Jill. Okay. Oh, wait. I'll look at the chart here. Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, I have it in front of me. Yes. Uh, so, yes. it's up on the website, www.cardinalastrology.ca, and this is under anonymous, and it's a lady, I hear. Yes, it's a friend, client, somebody who was singing in the group I used to sing in that isn't singing right now because of. Yes. Nobody's getting together anymore. Uh, anyway, she has a, a stellium in Pisces. Yes. She has Saturn at 9 degrees, Venus at 15, Chiron at 18, and the Sun at 22. All in Pisces, all actually intercepted in my house system. Yes. In the, in the 12th house. So, you know, kind of her happy place is sitting on the couch eating comfort food and watching whatever's you know streaming <laughs> oh, there you go yeah slightly reclusive you know yeah. part to her not totally but you know yeah. she works and all the rest but that's that's kind of where she likes to be she's yeah but she has aries rising and uh Often when we look at her chart, I say, it's a good thing you do. <laughs> that's a lot of Pisces energy, and you might never come out of your house. <laughs> uh, and she has Mercury in Aries right, right on the Ascendant. And again, um, she does not come across as yes. yeah. totally Pisces and then out to lunch at all. In fact, yeah. she comes across, across as very clear and very intelligent and very intelligible. <laughs> yep, yep. And, you know, I put that down to that Mercury and Aries 
so near the ascendant that that's that's the face she wears exactly exactly so you can be this this energetic you know um connected to the cosmos and yet people won't necessarily notice it yeah no and and you know because it is sequestered in her 12th house there and it does and all of that energy in the 12th is trining neptune in scorpio (laughs) ah yes so again and neptune is the ruler of pisces the modern ruler of pisces so this just adds that much more neptunian piscean energy to the mix there Mm -hmm. Um, and like i say without the aries ascendant she might not do much at all Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. they're not um, their shtick is not about necessarily being in the world at all. No, no, and she's she's I think, you know, and I know she's got very I don't think particularly religious. I mean she was raised. Yeah, yeah. no, we're not talking religion necessarily. Not, not religious, but a very spiritual yeah. perspective on things, you know. Um uh, Neptune is in the eighth house, and her mother died when she was very young. She was eight, I believe, and um, and I think that adds to that mm-hmm. that need for that spiritual connection, that sense of you know, yeah, there is more to life than, than yes, the yeah, physical bodies, and, yeah. and that's very much a Piscean perspective. But I think that event probably. Yes, opened it up, and yeah. And, and the other thing with her stellium in the 12th house there, it is all opposing uh, a little little grouping of Uranus, <laughs> Pluto, and Mars. Yes, and which is, although you're saying it's little, it, energetically it's big. <laughs> it's huge, it's yeah. huge. I mean, you've got yeah. Uranus, which is upheaval, and Pluto, which is death and regeneration, and Mars, which, you know, especially conjunct Pluto, can be violence. I think that yeah. probably um, her mother's death was is sort of tied into that energy. Yeah, and I, yeah it's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. You know, it cannot help but play a huge part in in who she is, how she is as a person. Having yeah. And having that, that balance, um, anytime you have the opposition, you take two signs and you force them to do what they are supposed to do which is to come into some form of balance. So you've got energy of Pisces that is dissipating um, and dissolving versus Virgo, which is incredibly detailed, oriented, and practical, and service. And I mean, they do come together, but... And ruled by... Mercury. Mercury, which is on her ascendant. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you know, there's a great depth there, but again, you don't always, you know, you don't get to see that in in a yeah. lot of people who are watery. <laughs> yes, that's true. It, it, you know, it's, it's so what wa- uh, what type of work did she do, or does she do? Uh, she actually works in a um, one of the labs. She okay. She's, so she's a technician. She types, up, she types up the reports for the people who do the the research scan. oh okay so, yeah, x-rays or whatever yeah oh, wow. so she, okay she likes when she's not on the desk dealing with the public she prefers yes. when she's back in her little cubbyhole typing <laughs> <laughs> of course of course that 
works for her really well. Yes, it would. It would. Yeah. Um, and, and her father was a, a is a doc, was a doctor. He's old now and you know, retired. Home, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So she kind of was raised with that whole medical. Yes. Yeah. Part. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, that just speaks Virgo sixth house service. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, as I say, in the, the ruler Mercury being on the ascendant, it's, yeah, it's uh, something she does well. And yeah, she doesn't aspire to be, you know, out there in the public doing no. something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although, although she does, when we're singing, when our group was singing, she's, she's quite good, quite a performer. She did her share of, uh, of um, Gilbert and Sullivan. She and her sister were. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. When they lived in Montreal, and uh, and this that speaks to her moon, which is in the fifth house. Yeah. Yes. So adding a little more water to the mix. Yes. Yeah. So um, we have a grand trine now, in the watery signs. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's a wide grand trine, and and yeah, you know. So again, the the trine. I think a grand trine can be very self-sufficient. Yes. That's often. Yeah. Kind of how I see it, because the energy just encloses right it yeah goes round and round and so you have your own little you know i'm just in my place and that's where i'm good <laughs> right <laughs> yes and, yeah yeah you know so she's you know she hasn't married or any of that so i think you know she is a very sort of huh. self-sufficient kind of person yeah. she relies on her sister her older sister who's two years older okay um, yeah um and uh, is a cancer, so you know, the cancer yeah, moon cancer helps. moons come. Yeah, yeah, they can, they can be vulnerable together and safe. Yeah, and yeah. they've been through that experience as children. That yeah, lost the mom, and, and they probably had to rely on each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, there's all of that, and the other thing that uh, that opposition of those all those planets in the twelfth and sixth. It's it's actually squaring off against her her nodal axis, yes. the uh, north yeah. and south nodes, particularly Mars and uh, Chiron. They're very close to the same degree. As the exactly. Nodes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And often with uh, one of the things I understand about the nodes, it is the nodes of the moon. Yeah. And it often does relate to the mother and and uh, sort of a complicated relationship with the mother, which I yep. think you know. That kind of fits with the story, right? Yeah. It, um, it ties into that. So, you know, that, that accounts for basically all the planets, except for Jupiter, which is down in the second house in Taurus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it trines in with, um, with Mars in the And in sextiles the, the, the Piscean lump. Yeah. And it's so, in wonderful Taurus, so... Uh, yeah. I suspect Jupiter and, and Taurus it is... For, and it opposes for Neptune. Yeah, yeah. So again, it ties into that Neptunian energy, the Piscean energy. And, yeah. You know, it is the other ruler of uh, Pisces. So yeah. you got two rulers aspecting the stellium in the 12th. And yep, that, uh, it kind of all fits for <laughs> this, this woman. She's a very interesting woman. And, yeah. 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 Okay, so my example is one, when we talked about this last week, um, you know, that this was what we were going to be doing, the big question was, well, you know, if you're Pisces, you're not necessarily going to be front page news, because that's not that energy at all. 
And um, so when I was went looking, um, I used um, uh, Lois Rodden's, you can ask, you know, like search her website for charts. And so I went with, um, I think in the scan, I said uh, something about service or, yeah, being focused in a particular area. And what I came up with was quite surprising. Now, this this particular lady, uh, Barbara Brennan, to Jill and I, um, she was actually quite well-known, maybe not, you know, people, I don't know if people met her or not, but her book was incredibly popular uh, when it came out in the early 80s. And um, Hands of Light, I think it's called. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so big surprise, not when I pulled up her chart. Um, she has, she was born on a new moon in Pisces with Mercury uh, in the heart of the sun, like sandwiched between that sun and moon. Um, and also Neptune was also in Pisces. And in the whole sign houses, this is all in the first house. Now, um, I did write up a bit of her bio, which I will quickly go over a little bit of it. Um, so she started um, with a science degree in physics in 62. Uh, she then went on to get her master's in atmospheric physics, which I thought, wow, that's just okay, kind of Pisces, if you could get Pisces to get into science, that's would be perfect, atmospheric. Uh, and she worked briefly at NASA as an assistant researcher. But in 1970, she participated in a number of uh, courses that had to do with human energy field. And, you know, when I looked at her chart, I thought, wow, what, you know, it made perfect sense from an astrologer's point of view, why concrete, rational, even though we're talking about atmospheric physics, why that still wouldn't have met the need of this particular Piscean person. With that Mercury sandwiched between that sun and moon, um, she came in tuned in to energy. And, um, and I suspect that, um, you know, the need for it to be rational just wouldn't have fit for this woman. And so she spent, has dedicated most of her life to understanding the energetic field of the human person. And her book that she wrote is very much about a style of healing modality. And um, I actually met a few practitioners back in the day that used uh -huh. her method. Um, and she did do more education in that field and her school since she wrote the first book. She has two or three books after that. Um, but it's like she's just immersed herself in what is, you know, kind of Pisces forte, which is tuning in on an energetic level. Um, and some people take that to like an intuitive or psychic way. Others take it to a literal hands-on healing. Um, yeah. And some, you know, could even take that type of energy to, um, you know, writing as well, poetry and things like that. But she took it very much on a literal energetic level. Her son rules her sixth house. So 
you know, it's like, how do I make this useful to mankind? She has Saturn in um, Aries in the second. So she had the bravery to, you know, buck the field and, and, you know, give up what was probably, you know, I imagine in her own family system, probably like you're doing what? <laughs> well, that's training that Mars up in the Yes, yeah. And you know, the one thing that uh, with the, the Hellenistic model that is quite curious to me, um, the Jupiter ruled signs, because of course, the ancients didn't acknowledge Neptune, they didn't know it was there. Jupiter is the only planet whose co-rulership is squared itself. Right, Sag squares Pisces. And yep. so it's like, even though the Jupiter is like, I'm a happy camper, I am in Pisces, it's also squaring its, you know, its own rulership up in Sag, which has that Mars. So, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of grappling with that. Yeah, and it's squaring Mars, exactly. You know, so like, how does that work? <laughs> Obviously, yeah. you know, I mean, it did give her the chutzpah to strike yeah. out in a very um, modern, well, modern, I don't know if modern is the right word for it, but at a time when woo-woo medicine was receiving a lot of flack, um, mm. you know, back when her books first came out and any of the sort of hippie, um, foo-foo, woo-woo, I mean, there was all sorts that mainstream society came up for uh, the forays that happened in the 70s and the 80s. Uh, and I suspect that Mars in Sag helped, you know, it's sort of like, damn the torpedoes, I'm off on a new horizon. And yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I think there's a, a need to explore with the, the Sagittarian energy. Yeah. Mars, <laughs> Mars would be wanting to do something that is kind of cutting edge. Yes. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, there's a sense of challenging the the known paradigm and Yes. <laughs> and and having come like fully steeped in the known paradigm. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah. out of well, and, and having that understanding of that that world bringing it into yes. the energetic field of of you know, what we experience on a more auric kind of level. Exactly. Let me stomp on my <laughs> Jeez, I can't believe this. Oh. 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 <laughs> the, other, the other thing is she's got Thank that you. grand, grand trine. Oh, in, yes, in... Um... Venus in Capricorn trining Uranus in Taurus yep. and Neptune in Virgo. So yes. That's yep. an earthy, earthy grand trine. Again, she's going to be somewhat self-sufficient. Well, and, and I always see new mooners as self-sufficient as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that aspect of it as well. And on a material level, yeah. she's going to do what she needs to do materially. Yep. You know. So she's able to take that huge Pisces piece that her that she's completely wired to and bring it into a manifest form, even though it's and, yeah. yeah, and Jupiter sextiles Uranus as well. So you got Jupiter in the first house kind of looking for well, something new, something, something exciting. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it does challenge it uh, in conjunct Mars, so that's a 
Yeah, it's going to make some people uncomfortable, but I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Anyway, she's like a, a beacon of what Pisces is possible, right? People yeah. that have that yeah. kind of energy. Yeah, it's, uh, I was quite surprised when I saw this chart. I was like, wow. Because, you know, when you, when you go into a search, I thought, well, I'll just see if there's anything, right? Yeah, so I yeah. did. I did the ascendant, the sun and the moon, and I thought, well, maybe. And yeah. voila. <laughs> yeah, no good. Uh, well, the other thing that, that that grand trine is actually a kite. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. To the Chiron. Yeah. Um, Jupiter is, is uh, sextile, both Venus and, and Uranus. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. So, yeah, very interesting chart. Yeah, it is. And her work, you know, she's now retired. Uh, I went to her webpage. You can go to her webpage, which is basically the portal to her school. And it's going to continue on, even though she's retired. And, uh, yeah, she's put out three or four more books. In, obviously, with this many years, if she, I think she published in the early 80s. So she's had ooh, 40 years of experience with working with energy medicine. Um, yep. Yeah, so I'm sure she has contributed a great deal. Actually, there was one quote out of Wikipedia, I think, that said of there's some group that, that um, looks at how influential spiritual people are, and she ranks number 74. I'm thinking, like, how do you rank this? <laughs> this but, um, uh, but apparently there's a group that does. Anyway, she's... i got to divide everything up. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sure she could care less on that level. <laughs> I'm positive of it. But um, yeah, she has contributed good things to the world, which is very cool. Alrighty. Yeah. I think He's we... also born, born at oh. a time when Pluto is right in the last degree. Of I cancer. know, I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. Not just the last degree, but the last 15 minutes. It's It's pretty as close as it can get Get. to changing signs so she's kind of bridging that that cancer leo yes yeah because that was a generation before our generation yeah right yeah Pluto would have gone into leo pretty much right after she was born yeah so she's as much a part of the Pluto and Leo generation and more so probably than she is the Pluto and cancer generation well she would have been a step away definitely you know, yeah. from the cancer. It's like, oh, this is achingly done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, yeah the last degree of all of the signs um, can be considered quite potent, actually. Yeah. 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 And, it, and when you're that close, when you're within 15 minutes, you really are on the cusp. Yes. You yeah. Know, they're... Yeah, you're bridging. I think the idea of bridging really makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's um, interesting to see that aspect of it that she's she's bridging two worlds in more ways than one, right? Yeah. That old world of, you know, you've got to do a job that's, you know, a regular kind of. Yeah. (laughs) And this, uh, yeah, but you got to be creative and do your. Yeah. Art is, right? Yes. Well, and with the with the modern ruler, Neptune, right? It's in Virgo. So it's like, I mean, that basically says, let's bring energy into medicine. 
yeah. you could read it that literally. Yep. 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 And share it with others. Yeah, and share it with others. Exactly. And teach it to others. You've got the groups, the group thing with the Venus in it in the eleventh house. There. Yep. Yeah. Be a leader. And, yeah. And in a practical Capricorn. way. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's hands-on, yep. hands-on healing. Exactly, and that's that's the the image that's on the front of her book, right? Yeah, it's two hands holding a ball of light. Yeah, yeah, yep. and uh, yeah, I think that's uh, kind of interesting. It is very interesting. <laughs> okay, we we did it. We we actually succeeded. <laughs> Well, you just have to remember what you did. Yeah, well, I know exactly what I did. See, there's this little up arrow in Zoom that says pick a uh, computer input terminal for the sound. And then as soon as I did that, I showed up on my mic and you could hear me. Yay. I had okay. no idea last week. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I probably actually should. Um, write some of these things down um, just because it's getting like insanely complicated and uh, right now hopefully I can uh, find my takeout music because I think I'm going to need just a little bit of it there we go so folks we will be back next week and I no music quite yet I do need a technician. It would be so nice. <laughs> but I don't. So anyway, thank you, Jill, for being incredibly patient oh, and no. willing. <laughs> and it's we... always fun. Yeah. Always fun work. Yeah. And so we will be back next week. We will probably move on to lesson four in Read Your Own Chart. Um, and we'll start putting planets in place and, yeah, how that works. So in the meantime, everyone stay safe. Um, pray for warm weather. Um, not necessarily rain. Well, I guess we could use some rain, but warm weather, right? Warmer, warm weather. warmer would be nice. Yeah, warmer would be nice. Okay. Not so windy. Yes. <laughs> so just a reminder, you have been listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station, and we will see you next week. Did you know that if you are a local independent business, you can promote your business on this very radio station? Well, you can. When you sponsor CJMP 90.1 FM, you're getting your message out to local community while demonstrating your commitment to community radio.